0: Man, thank you again for being in the house of the Lord today. Anybody feel good in the house right now? Feels good in the house. I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to do something here in the next few moments. There's been a resistance in the, in the room. Have you, have you felt that? I, some people do, some people don't. There's been a little bit of resistance in the room. That's okay. Amen. It normally happens when I have a direct word from the Lord, and uh, it's okay. I don't want nobody to feel... feel any kind of way about it there's just a resistance in the room and we've been through a lot and uh, God wants to speak to us today though here's what I'm going to ask you to do here in just a moment I'm going to ask you just to open your heart and your mind and your spirit I'm going to ask you to turn off all your pretenses I'm I'm going to ask those of you that are offended in any way uh, to put down your offense for just a few moments because the word needs to speak to you and uh, I can't speak to you if you're offended at me or at anybody else in this room And you can't hear the word if you're offended. So I need you to turn off your offense for just a moment because the Lord wants to speak to you. Just a few weeks ago, I preached a word that was direct. I preached a word that was direct to a human being who did not come in the building that day. They sat in their car because they were offended. They sat in their car that Sunday. They did not come in. They were offended, so they sat in their car all Sunday long out in the parking lot, this parking lot, a football field away from the word that they needed to hear. That word did them no good because they said in their car that Sunday they did not hear it. <clears throat> they are no longer with us today. I need to tell you that. Because you can't hear a word from the Lord if you're offended. You can't hear it. You're just going to be looking at me thinking about that. Okay? If this is your first time at Truth Chapel, I want, you to, I want to welcome you to a Bible church. That we're not, we're not here. There's no, there's no countdown. There's no clock we're not we're not here to, to to check off a box and say we had church today but we're here to have a contact with the Word of God and the Spirit of God amen and I need you to know that God's been dealing with me over the last couple of weeks because uh, there's a reason for every bit of pain and every bit of suffering it, 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 it doesn't come just for nothing I said it doesn't come just for nothing It doesn't come just for nothing If God allows it, God's using it. Amen. Genesis 44 and verse 18, when you have it, just shout, I got it. Listen to this. Then Judah, somebody say, then Judah, came near unto him and said, Oh my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears and let not thine anger burn against thy servant for thou art even as Pharaoh. Then Judah came near and said, Lord, let me speak. Can I say something in your ear? Can I whisper something in your ear? This morning I want to preach you on this subject. When Judah speaks. When Judah speaks. Can we pray today? Lord, we love you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for what we feel in this room. Your presence is here. Your name is here. What you want to do in this room today is here. The moment, the moment is here. Your majesty is here. And God, I pray right now that you would do your work. I free you right now, Lord, to do your work. God, we take the limits off of you. We lay down our pretenses. We lay down our offenses. We open our hearts and our minds. God, we're here. Might as well hear a word from you that may change our lives from forever. I ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch us, that you would feel us, that you would change us today in your presence. I speak now in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name, let it be so and done. And would you lift your voice now? Would you let out a shout of worship? Come on, let out a shout of worship in the house. Somebody let Judah speak for a moment. Come on, somebody let Judah speak for just a moment. Oh God, we worship you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, and you may be seated in his presence. Amen and amen. Amen. In order to understand really where I'm coming from today, I need to lay a little bit of groundwork uh, to bring you up to speed with where we're at in our story because I believe the Lord wants to speak to us today through this story. And the groundwork is this, is that Judah is a brother of the 12. There is 12 brothers. And these brothers will become what we know today the forefathers of the 12 tribes, those 12 tribes of Israel. These brothers are born to Jacob and Leah. These 12 boys are born to a lady by the name of Leah. Leah's husband, Jacob, worked seven years for her little sister. But because she was not pretty and she was not desirable, her father, in an attempt to get her married off, tricked her husband, whose name was Jacob. He tricked her husband, and when he tricked him, he made him believe that he was marrying Leah, which uh, he was marrying Rachel, which was Leah. Leah's little sister the Bible tells us that in the morning when Jacob woke up after his night of consummating the marriage he woke up and it was Leah instead of Rachel I don't know how drunk Jacob got at his wedding but it was enough to not realize that he was with Leah and not Rachel their father set him up for pure failure but The Bible says that the Lord noticed that Leah was hated. Oh, hallelujah. You know, sometimes we have to understand that when people hate us so much, sometimes God says, you know what, because they hate you, I'm going to bless you. This is what the Bible says when it means, this is what the Bible means when it says, when it says, for the Lord uses the foolish things of the world To confound the wise. Meaning that God will use you in your limitation to confound those that are talented. God will use you in your ugliness of life to confound the beautiful. God said, I will take people that nobody wants and I will use them to fulfill my kingdom and my will. Amen? So if you're sitting in this room and you feel like yeah, you don't belong or you feel like you're not adequate or you feel like you don't measure up. Let me tell you that you're the exact person that God's looking for today. God's looking for someone to say, you know what, I'll take this person that nobody believes in and I'll make them everything that they can be to fulfill my will and my kingdom. Amen. The Bible says that when God saw that Leah was hated, that he opened up her womb. And she just began to produce children left and right sons after son after son she had three sons in a row and on the fourth son the bible said that she she sat down after that fourth son was born and she began to praise god matter of fact it's the first time the word praise is mentioned in the entire bible the first time that she says the word praise is the first time that the word praise is even brought up and she said i will now praise the lord because he's given me four sons and basically she said now I'm tied to my husband forever. He can't leave me now. He can't he can't he can't mess around now because we have four sons together. The whole while Jacob is working seven more years for her baby sister. And she named that fourth son, she named him Judah. Because Judah means the praises of God. To sing forth the praises. It means to shout forth the praises. It means to boast the praises of God. To brag on God as it were. And Leah was bragging on God when she praised him for this son. She said, look what the Lord has done. Look what he did for me. I was hated. I was ugly. I was, nobody wanted to marry me. I, I I got here because my daddy was a good trickster. But look what the Lord has done. Anybody can look back over your life and say, you know what? I don't belong here. I don't even really know how I got here. I don't even know how y'all even listening to me this morning. But I feel like David when
1: he said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. If anybody should have stayed away, it was me. But I am glad that I'm able to be in the house of the Lord. And I will boast about what god did
0: for me i'll tell everybody that i'll come in contact with i'm not supposed to be
1: here i'm not supposed to have what i have i'm not supposed to be who i am i'm not supposed to be where i'm at i'm not supposed to be here but the lord saw
0: fit to to have favor on me can i get a witness in the house I don't know if you picked up on it yet, but pastor came with a preach in his mouth. And if you'll help me, God will break every chain in this room today. If the pew could get with the pulpit for just a moment, God has a delivering word for somebody in this house. Because you might be hated, but God said, I'll open up your womb. I'll give
1: you a future. I'll give you a destiny. I'll give you promise. I'll put you where nobody thought you'd be. I'll give you what nobody thought you could have. If you... Praise me anyhow.
0: She said, look what the Lord has done. Look what he did for me. And as she boasted, she named him Judah. Judah, when Judah was a man uh, and his father Jacob was blessing them and telling them who they were, what they were and what they would do. When he came to Judah, this is what he tells Judah. You'll find it in Genesis chapter 49, verses 8 through 12. He said, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Well, that feels good to me. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down word stooped only shows up a couple of times in your Bible. I preached a message just a few weeks ago that had the only other mention of the word stoop in it. Who was it that was stooped down? It was Jesus. When they brought her him, the woman caught in adultery. The Bible said he stooped down. Hallelujah. He couched as a lion. All we see is a savior stooping down to right in the sand. But I'll tell you what hell saw. Hell saw a lion crouching. Oh, ain't nobody want to talk back to me today. Can I preach to you for just a moment? Judah's father said, Judah is a lion's well from the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine and his ass colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. This is what Judah's father spoke over him. Jacob, he said, the sepulcher shall not leave your hand. It shall come through you. Judah, the savior of the whole world will come through you, Judah. God's coming through you and he will put his hand on the neck of the enemy. Hallelujah. I know over the last few months, if I could have got my hand around the enemy's neck, I would have tried to take his head off. Anybody with me in the house? Anybody been there in the last few weeks, few months? If I could just get my hand on the devil. Oh, he have a bad day. I don't think I'd ever let go. If he would put God, if you'd let me put my hand on the neck of the enemy, I think I could do something. Yeah. Yeah. Judah. This is what the father spoke over Judah. See, but Judah and his brothers, they had a conundrum that they had to live with later on in life as they were grown men who had families and had uh, flocks of their own and houses and land as they were grown men and they loved their father, Jacob, all of a sudden Rachel who was Leah's little sister, you know, Jacob is an old man, but somehow Rachel has a son, one son. One kid, his name is Joseph and and Jacob. Now, Now, when Jacob dies, let me tell you this. When Jacob dies, he reveals unto us how much he loves Leah. When he dies, he tells his sons, he said, listen, when you bury me, bury me with Leah. Because it was the ugly thing of life that brought out my hope. It was the trouble in my life that pushed me to the altar. Anybody want to talk back, amen? It was was the thing that I didn't want that gave me what I desired the most. Oh, hallelujah. He said, bury me with Leah, but he did love Rachel. Rachel was the apple of his eye. And when Joseph was born, it consumed Jacob in his old age. See, his other sons were grown men already out of the house. And now here's his baby boy. It's It's like, you know, having your own grandkid. And, and 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 he's not uh, a young dad anymore who's disciplining children but he's an old man now and he has his little boy running around the house and he's just doting on him and loving on him and he 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 goes and he finds all of these different fabrics and because he didn't have a target there was no hobby lobby there was no michaels there was no joannas this man just went out and 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 found all of these different colors and he made for his son a coat of many colors, and he elevated Joseph, and he just said, "I love you, boy. You, you, you're my son." He, here's what he said. He said, "This is the son of my old age," because he loved Rachel. He loved Joseph. Oh, more, more than anybody else. It was not. It was not a secret when the boys would come over for Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner, and they didn't have that. But just you know, go with me here for just a moment. When the boys would come over for, for, for Sunday supper, oh, 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 you couldn't, all, all that Jacob wanted to talk about was Joseph. Oh, Joseph, man, this week, Joseph threw a rock, y'all, he threw a rock farther than I've ever seen a kid throw a rock. I think he's going to be a football star. I mean, he's amazing. Kids, have you seen the arm on this kid? He's just going in on, jo- oh, Joe, he's so great. Joseph, listen, the other day, Joseph did this and Joseph did that, and listen, I want to let everybody know that I have a present for Joseph, and here it is, a coat of many colors and... Benjamin and Levi, Judah, they're like, I ain't never getting no coat of men color. If you're, if you're in this room and you have a, and you have a sibling that's younger than you and they're the baby of the family, just raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Anybody got some babies? There's some babies in the house. (laughs) Now put your hands down. If you are that baby, raise your hand. None of us like you, just so you know, (laughs) none of us like you. (laughs) <laughs> no, we love you. I'm just playing. I'm just saying your, your, your siblings don't like you, though. That's, that's a true story. <laughs> Joseph gets everything. He's got the coat. His brothers uh, start to dislike him because they can't handle favor on their brother. Oh, hallelujah. They're struggling with favor on their brother. They, 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 they understand it. They, they get it, but it's just bothering them. And now here comes Joseph. Joseph has all these uh, dreams. And he's like, man, I dreamed a dream. And and mom and dad were bowing down to me. And not only that, but all 12 of y'all, y'all bowed down to me. And I was the king. And y'all were worshiping me. It was super dope. (laughs) And they're like, oh, my God. And every time they get. Joseph, he's got a dream. Man, I dreamed another dream last night, man. And uh, listen, I, uh, I was coming out. There was a red carpet and a limousine pulled up. And I got in the limousine. And, and Levi, you were driving. You had a limo hat on. You was my driver. Come on, bro. You... And they get so mad at all these dreams. And finally, his father sends him out to find his brothers. And they're in the middle of the desert with their flocks. And when they see him coming, they said, man, we should kill this boy. And let's see what becomes of his dreams. Here's what they said in Genesis. They said, here cometh this dreamer. He said, we should, we should kill him and see what becomes of his dream. And so they decided to kill him. And while they're waiting to figure out how they're going to kill him, they throw him in a pit. Yeah. And as they're throwing him in the pit, they're all standing around wondering, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get rid of him? We could just leave him here let him starve to death, but he might find a way out of the pit. Maybe we should hit him with a rock. That's been done before. Not just about mm, 30 chapters ago. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And I want to point something out to you. In Genesis 37 and verse 26 through 27. Genesis 37, 26 through 28. And the Bible says, and Judah... Said to his brethren. "Oh, What profit is it. If we slay our brother. And conceal his blood. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother. And our flesh. And his brethren were content. It was Judah. That spoke up. And saved the future of the family. What Judah didn't know. Is that what Judah spoke up and said, let's don't kill him, he was saving his own life. Oh, hallelujah. What Judah didn't realize is this story is just beginning. And when I spoke up, I saved the entire family. What Judah didn't realize, listen, I come to tell somebody, when Judah speaks, your future begins to grow. Oh, hallelujah. When Judah speaks, uh, something happens uh, on tomorrow. Uh, When Judah opens his mouth, uh, something begins to transpire uh, over the next thing. I wish I had some help. Uh, You may not even
1: know what you're doing, uh, but when you let Judah speak, uh, something happens in tomorrow. Uh, You may not even feel it. Uh, The song may not be right, Uh, the beat may not be right, Uh, but when you get up uh, and you begin to praise God and you let Judah to speak something happens in the future it may feel like a regular Sunday but this could be the Sunday that you save your family it may feel like a regular worship service but this could be the worship service that secures your future it may feel like one more song but that word that pray when Judah speaks When Judah speaks, creativity happens. When Judah speaks, the enemy has to let go. When Judah speaks, change fall. They were going to kill you, but Judah spoke up. They were going to throw you away, but Judah spoke up. They was going to cut your throat, but Judah... Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. They had plans for you. They had plans for you. They had plans for you.
1: But when you said glory be to his name, when you could have stayed home, you could have stayed home today and nobody would have said anything about it. But you showed up in the middle of your tiredness and your weakness and your loss and your brokenness. And you said glory be to the name of the Lord. When Judah started speaking, all of hell started trembling. when judah says let him live let him live let him live judah says you shall live and not die judah says you're gonna make it one more day judah somebody say speak judah oh hallelujah oh hallelujah Ah.
0: That's why David said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You don't even know what it is. It's just a noise, but heaven understands it. You don't even know what you're doing, but heaven understands it. You don't even know how you're changing the future, but heaven understands it. When Judah said we should let him live, he said we should let us live. He said, let's secure our future. He said, there's going to be a famine and we need him alive. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah some of you have come into this room today and you're about to give up you're about to throw in the towel you got your future in a pit and you're trying to figure out how can I do it to to make sure it doesn't come back on me but if you let Judah speak this this morning, if you say you know what, I'm going to praise him anyhow I'm going to give him glory anyway I don't have what I want to have but God is still good I don't have what I used to have but God
1: is still merciful, I don't have all my ducks in a row, I don't have all my my eyes dotted. I don't have all my T's crossed, but glory be to the name of the one who saved me. Praise be unto God for he is worthy of my worship. When you do that
0: God said okay I'll start moving some things out of your way. There's a plan when Judah speaks. Uh, you want to look at your neighbor and tell him, let Judah speak. Oh hallelujah. Tell somebody else tell them let Judah speak. You've been talking long enough and look at the mess you got yourself into. Oh, yeah, you've been talking. Look, you got your future in a pit. You got your future in the pit because you talked yourself into this. You talked yourself into this thing. Why don't you let Judah talk you out of it? Huh. Judah will talk you out of some trouble.
1: Oh, yeah, I know.
0: I know because over the last few weeks I've come in this church and, I, and I, I've been here and, and, and my heart and my mind's been somewhere else. I've, been, I, I've seen things and I've witnessed things and I've been a part of things that kept me heavy and kept me bound. But when I came to church, I praised God anyway. I came up front, I lifted my hands and I worshiped. You saw me up here jumping, you saw me up here leaping and shouting, but you didn't know the phone call I just got off of. You didn't know the email I just got sent. You don't know what I did the night before. You don't know I was out till 2 and 3 in the morning in the hospitals and talking to detectives and police officers. You didn't see all that. All you saw was my worship. And all I was doing was saying, Lord, I'm going to let Judah talk for a little while because I'm tired of
1: hearing everybody else. I'm tired of hearing what they say, and I'm tired of hearing what she said, and I'm tired of hearing what he said. But I come into the house of the Lord, and I'm going to let Judah talk for a little bit. Judah, would you speak for me? Judah, would you make it right? Judah, would you say what I can't say? Judah, would you do what I can't do? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Judah puts my hand on the neck of the enemy. What happens when you put your hand on the neck of the enemy? There's a few things that happen. Number one, you cut off oxygen to the brain. Yeah, Cut off oxygen to the brain, and the brain is where all your problems are. Right now in this room, everybody battling in this room, let me tell you where you're battling. Right here. Every one of us, we're battling right here in our brain. That's where the fight is. Man, man, if the fight was in my foot, I could cut it off. Bible said if the foot offends you, cut it off. If the eye offends you, plug it out. If my fight was there, maybe we could do something about it. If my fight was somewhere else, I maybe could go to a doctor and get some medicine they cover it up, maybe have a surgery and fix it. But my fight is up here. My fight is up here. That's why when you come to church and you begin to worship, somehow all the stuff that you thought was a problem just seems to fade off of you. Now listen, we singing, we worshiping, and we praising ain't doing nothing for you. You know that right? Us playing ain't helping you a bit. Us worshiping ain't helping you a bit. Us shouting, dancing, clapping, it ain't doing nothing for you. you We're just trying to help you come along. And and really, we're not doing it for you no way. This is for him. We We want to magnify him, and we want to let him enter into our presence. And so really, what we're doing is just an invitational. It's an invitational dance. Lord, come and dwell among us. That's all we're doing. It's an invitational song. It's invitational worship. Lord, come. In this house and do what you do do what we can't do but it ain't helping you a bit only when you let Judah speak and, and stuff starts falling off of you and, and you you can't really remember why you was mad at the first place now now later on today it may all come back to you but while Judah's talking you're cutting off oxygen to the brain oh come on somebody Judah puts his hand on the neck of the enemy and while you're worshiping, the enemy can't talk because you cut off oxygen to the brain and you take away the ability to speak. It's a good word. I'm about to tape. You might not buy the tape. I'm about to tape. It's a good word. I'm a preacher somewhere else. Probably in a few weeks, it's going to be amazing. But God didn't give me this word for somewhere else. God gave me this word for truth chapel. Because there's somebody sitting in here today, and you're fighting in your mind, and the devil's running his mouth. But I come to tell you, if you
1: let Judah talk for just a few seconds, what do you got to say, Judah? I say, let's let him live. I say, let's let him live. I say, let's let him live. I say, there's a future. I say, we can do it. I say, we can make it. I say, it ain't over until God said it's over. What do you say, Judah? I say that not much longer now, not much longer now, God's going to make a way where there is no way. I say, I say, just a few more weary days, and God's going to bring us there. I say, trouble don't last always. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I say that we can make it out of this. I say that it ain't over. I say it ain't as bad as you think it is. Let him speak
0: when Judah speaks. Huh. Let me see don't am coming too a close. Judah speaks. He says, let's save the boy. Over 25 years later, Judah's an old man now. Here's, here's what's really funny to me. Super really funny to me. If you read the story of Joseph, the story of Joseph is is not in sequence. The story of Joseph is interrupted. The the story of Joseph is interrupted by another story. Anybody know what that story is that interrupts the story of Joseph? Because we're reading about Joseph, and then we switch to a whole other story, and then we pick up Joseph again. There's a story in the middle of the story of Joseph that interrupts the story, and that story is about Judah. Yeah, Judah. Because Judah has a daughter-in-law that he won't take care of. And so she goes down and dresses up like a lady of the night and waits for Judah to get caught slipping. And Judah's walking through town enjoying herself and she disguises herself, comes up and whispers some sweet nothings in Judah's ear. And Judah turns into her And Judah has a child with her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a story about how Judah messes up. And then we come back to Joseph. Man, that's that's horrible. It's it's really, if you read the story, the book of Genesis, you're going to see that, man, it makes Judah really bad. Like, like, Like Judah's a bad dude. But then Judah comes back. In the middle of the story of Joseph... There's a bad story. It's bad press about Judah. I think the Lord has shown us that nobody's perfect. Because if you read the story of Joseph, you're going to realize that Judah is really the star of the show. If If we're going to give awards, then the supporting character award has to go to Judah. Because it is Judah that continually is speaking up. Judah is always the one who has something to say. But Judah also has his own problems. <laughs> ain't that good? I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not glad that Judah got in trouble. I'm just glad that I ain't the only one. <laughs> I, I, I'm just glad that Judah could speak good, mess up, and speak good again. Oh, <laughs> anybody want to talk? What I'm saying is, I'm glad to know that you can shout on Sunday, have some trouble during the week, but that don't mean you can't shout again next Sunday. See, some of y'all are controlled by the sin that you did this week. Some of y'all sinned. Don't raise your hand. But if you look to your left, right, front, and back, you'll see them. You'll see who I'm talking about. If you got a belly button, I'm talking to you. Don't tell nobody. But the problem is, is that we mess up a little bit and then we won't let Judah speak no more because we made some mistakes. And we can't let you speak no more. Judah, we try to shut Judah's mouth because there's some bad press about Judah. Can I preach for a little while? <laughs> but I don't care what you did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday,
1: Friday or Saturday. We're in the house of God today and when the music gets to going and it's time to worship, you ought not let your sin keep you in your seat. because I wasn't worthy to worship the first time I worshiped. I wasn't worthy to praise him the first time I praised him. But God has been so good to me, he could have killed me this week, Brother Jacob. He could have killed me this week, but he let me see another day. But the he could have wiped me out, but he let me get back into the house. He could have took me out. I know you made some mistakes, Judah, but we need you to speak.
0: Man, I wish I had 45 more minutes. Because about 25 years later, here's Judah again and his brothers, and there's a famine, and they need stuff, and they go to Egypt and they're like, they're looking for food. And Pharaoh, second in charge, brings them into his office. Sits them down. He said, We need food. He said, Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you enough to survive. But Do you have a father? He said, Yeah, we got a dad. He's old. He's okay. Do you have any more brothers? Uh, Yeah, we do. We have a a baby brother. See, after Joseph. Rachel had another child. Oh Benjamin. Oh, Benjamin. Say we have we have a father. And we have a son. And the brothers say, we did have another brother. He was taken by wild animals. Taken from us. Two, 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 two. And Joseph is standing there knowing that it's him. But they can't recognize him. They can't recognize him because he's in his priestly robes. They can't recognize him. Just like Mary couldn't recognize him in the garden. Just like the the two men on the road didn't recognize their, their master and savior. Just like Peter couldn't recognize him from the shore. Oh, hallelujah. He was in disguise. He was in disguise. He was there, but he was in disguise. And he said, you know what? If you you need more, don't come back here for more unless you have your brother with you. He wanted to know, can that boy be trusted with y'all? Because the last time you were alone with your baby brother, you sold him into slavery. Can I trust you with Benjamin? If you want to see me, you better have your brother with you. Oh. It's 1218, y'all, and I'm sorry, but, but, but I got to preach what the Lord laid on my heart. He said, the only way you're going to see me is if I see your brother. If I don't see your brother, might as well turn on around going back home you're not going to get no grain from me the bible says they showed back up with their brother watch this in genesis 43 can you put it on the screen for me genesis 43 beginning in verse 29 and he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother benjamin his mother's son and said is this your younger brother of whom you me and he said god be gracious unto thee my son And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother. He wanted to just love on him. And he sought where to weep. He went to find a place, and he entered into his chamber, and he wept there. He couldn't weep in front of him. Oh, he just wanted to love him, wanted to grab him and hold him. But he needed to know something first until he could reveal himself unto them. He needed more information. He couldn't break out in the moment. He wanted to. He wanted to cry. He wanted to fall on his brother and say, man, you're you're my baby brother. But he couldn't. He needed more information. So he went to his chamber and he wept there and he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, set that bread, l- 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 let's eat. And they set on for him by himself and for them by themselves and for the Egyptians to eat with them by themselves because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. And they set before him the firstborn according to his birthright And the youngest according to his youth. is how they sat. They sat from oldest to youngest. That's how they sat in front of him. And the Bible says that the men marveled one to another. And he took and sent messes unto them from before them. He had great feasts laid in front of them. Great plates of food. But Benjamin's mess was five times so much more as any of theirs. So he, in front of each brother, he had them sit down like, a, like food, a feast. In front of each brother, got his own plate of food. But when they came to Benjamin, he ordered them to give Benjamin five times more than what they got. I want to see what they do when their baby brother has favor. Because the last time, their baby brother had favor. They threw him in a pit. The last time they were alone with their baby brother, they threw him. And I need to see who they are. I need to know who they are. The Bible says that he sat down five times as much as any of theirs. Watch this, this next part. This is verse 34. And I need you to see it. And they drank and were merry with him. They watched Benjamin get more than they got. And they drank and were happy for him. They were drinking merry with him. No one got angry that Benjamin got more. No one was angry. And if you read the next verse, which is in the next chapter, which is in chapter 40. Can you put it there for me, Brother Gary? Put the first verse of chapter 44 up there. Genesis chapter 44 and verse 1. He commanded the steward of his house saying, Fill the men's sack with food as much as they can carry and put every man's money in his sack's mouth. Go to verse 2. And put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack's mouth of the youngest and his corn's money. And he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. He said, I need to see what they'll do when he's alone. I need to see what they'll do when he has favor. And I need to see what they'll do when he's in trouble. My God. I ask you at the beginning of this message to lay down all your offenses and open your heart. Because God's about to do something at Truth Chapel. Somebody mark this date down in your Bible. October 10th, 2021. Two years from the day that we closed on this building, two years from the day that we brought this property, God's about to do something in this room. Because what God is asking Truth Chapel is, can I trust you when you're alone with your brother? Can I trust you when your brother has five times more than you do? And can I trust you when your brother's in trouble? Joseph put him in trouble on purpose. And when they went looking for the cup, they found it in Benjamin's bag. And he said, you're, you're coming with me. They said, no, no, no. All the brothers were freaking out. They were like, oh, no, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. And in Genesis 44 and verse 18, Judah came near. Judah said, my Lord, can I, can I, I, can I just speak a word? Can I just have a word with you? He said, yeah. He said, Lord, you asked my servants. You, you said, have you a father or a brother? And we said unto the Lord, We have a father. He's an old man, and and a child of his old age, a little one. And his brother is dead, and he is alone left of his mother. And his father loves him. And and thou, thou us unto thy servants, He began to tell the story. And he says, Watch verse thirty-two. Go down to verse thirty-two. He said, For thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father. I I became surety for the lad. I told my father, I, You you can count on me, Dad. Judah, Judah spoke up and said, Dad, look, if, if we don't bring Benjamin, we're not going to get no food. We have to bring Benjamin. He said he won't see us if we don't bring our baby brother. And, and, and I, I will be surety for him. You can count on me. I'll, I'll stand in the gap. He said, for thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then shall I bear the blame to my father forever. Judah was willing to take the blame. Listen, Judah was willing to take the blame. Watch verse 33. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad. Take me instead. Let me be a bondman to my
1: Lord and let him go. Take me and let him go. Judah, when Judah speaks, Judah stands in the gap between what should have happened and what's going to happen. Judah said I'll stand, let me be the guy. I'll take the blame. I'll Take his blame. It, it was me. I, I gave myself and put up Genesis 45 and verse 1. Put up Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not refrain himself. God told me. He said, court, I'll reveal myself to Truth Chapel if I know that you let Judah speak. And you'll say, listen, I trust you with my brother. I trust you with my brother. Joseph could not hide
0: himself any longer. All of them stood by him and he cried because every man caused every man to
1: go out and there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his
0: brethren. The only way Joseph revealed himself to them is if Judah spoke up. He couldn't take it anymore. Judah said, no, 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 no. Let me, I'll take this. And the greatest words that Judah ever spoke were not in Genesis, but they were in the New Testament when Judah said, it is finished. It is. And Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah stood in the gap for me and you. And he said, "Take me instead. Don't 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 take my brother. Let me stand in the gap for my brother and my sister." And when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. He was thinking of me. He knew that I was in trouble. He knew that I would need his blood. He knew that I would need his love. And Judah is still speaking today. Judah is still speaking right now. Judah is speaking in this room today. And Judah is saying, I'll take on your sin. I'll take on your shame. If you'll let me, I'll take on that depression you've been dealing with. If you'll let me, I'll take on all that anxiety you've been having Uh, if you'll let me uh, I'll take on the darkness that you have Uh, because when Judah speaks uh, he always stands up for his brother Uh, when
1: Judah speaks uh, he always stands up for his brother Uh, when Judah speaks
0: music come he said I need to know three things I need to know that if nobody's watching, if nobody's watching, is your brother safe? I need to know that when your brother wins, you don't get mad. And I need to know that when your brother's in trouble, you'll stand by him. I need to know that you understand that because he wins doesn't mean you lose. I need you to understand that when nobody is around, you need to be loyal to your brother as if everybody is around. See, the first times in our Bible that we hear Judah speak, he's speaking up for his brother. And the last time we hear Judah speak, he's sticking up for his brothers. And that's why, if you want to read this on your own time, you can. Just just go read the last few books of the Bible. The first, second, third Peter, first, second, third John. Read those books and see what Peter and John wrote at the latter parts of their life. At the end, 60, 70 years after Jesus was dead, Go, go read what they wrote. Read it and just see. There's a, there's, a, there's a staple in those books, and the staple is this. How can a man say that he loved God and hate his brother? John, John goes as far as to say this. John says if a man hate his brother, he is a murderer, and you know that murderers have no place in the kingdom of God. Or he says the kingdom of heaven. That's why when they ask Jesus, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He says, well, that, that, that's easy. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind. He said, but b- b- before you go, let me tell you that I can't tell you the first one without telling you the second one. And the second one is like unto it because they're together. They're intertwined. They're like brass. Brass is, is, is copper and iron that's put together and you can't undo brass That's why Paul says that the children of God are, are as brass because brass is two different metals that once they're together, you can never take them apart. Br- brass is one of the only elements that cannot be separated again. You can burn it as hot as you want to burn it. It's always going to be brass. It will never again turn back into iron and copper. It will always be one thing. And that's what Jesus was saying when he was saying, the first is like the second. I can't give you one without giving you the other. It's like brass, it can't be separated. He said the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor As yourself. And we're good with the shouting and the worship. And when we talk about Judah speaking as I preach today, and I talk about the worship part of Judah, and the worship part of this, it it, it settles on us and we love it and we see it and it is true and it is right and we should all worship and we should praise God no matter what. And in those moments when we don't know what to say, worship is always the right answer. Worship this Sunday, worship next Sunday. If you make a mistake between now and then, worship anyway. Your mistake didn't change God. It just changed you. Don't don't put that on God. Like he don't deserve the worship. He didn't do nothing. He still deserves it. That's what it's always been about. And, 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 And we're good with that. But when I point out to you that Judah was always speaking, the only times that we hear Judah speak He's taking up for his brother. Let's don't kill him. What, what, it, what will it benefit us if we kill him? We, sh- we should sell him. We should let him live. Hey, don't, don't take Benjamin. It, I, I am his surety. I am his gap filler, me. Take me instead. And it was that voice of Judah... That caused Joseph to peel off his mask. You see, I believe, I've always believed this, that God has not yet revealed himself truly to this generation. I don't think he can. Here's why I don't think he can. I believe that in the early years of the apostolic movement that God revealed himself. In the early years of Azusa Street Revival that God revealed himself. And he did it because there was a diversity in the room and there was pure love amongst those people. There was a diversity in that room, there was pure love amongst those people. The early years of the Azusa Street revival were phenomenal. You can go back, you can read it, it's in the newspapers. Over eight times, over eight times in Azusa Street, the neighbors called the fire department because the building was smoking, but there was no fire inside. The glory of God was spilling out of the windows. It was a visible fire. Eight times the fire department was called. People would walk in and be healed immediately. There are numerous occasions. There are, uh, there are witness accounts of people walking in the room. God giving them the gift of piano. They sit down, never even touched piano in their life, and could play because they needed a piano player. They, people walk in the room. God would immediately give them the gift of they could play guitar, play the bass, they could sing, they could play. There's numerous accounts of that happening. Blinded eyes being open, limbs growing back. You go back and you do research on the Azusa Street revival. There were things happening in that revival that. That literally mirror what, were ha- what was happening in the Bible, in the New Testament. But something happened in that place. And here's what happened. Division. Brother against brother. Black against white. Denomination against, denom- d- denomination, against denomination. Movement against movement. Belief against belief. And division caused God to cover his face once again. And here we are, over 100 years removed, and we have rarely seen that happen anywhere on this planet ever again. Only places we see it, only places we see it are places like Ethiopia and Africa. And Billy Cole told me this one time himself, he said, "Court, I'm going to tell you the reason why people in Thailand get healed like they do. He said, because in Thailand, no one cares who prays for them. I said, what do you mean? He said, in Thailand, we just have everybody lay hands on everybody. He said, there's so many people. There'll be 100,000 people in one meeting. And we don't have enough ministers to pray for them. He said, so we just tell the people, turn around and just pray for somebody. we we'll have people raise their hand. Who, who's blind? Everybody raises their hand. If you're standing by somebody who's blind, lay hands on them. He said, the reason they get healed is because they don't care that their brother, who they know and they work with, lay hands. He said, when we come to America, people want the preacher to lay hands on them and nobody else. Nobody lay hands on me unless I know who you are. Nobody lay hands on You got a license in your pocket? Don't lay hands on me. He said, so we can't see miracles in America like we see in Ethiopia and Thailand. The place is because everybody's worried about who's praying. Well, I know what they did. I know who you are. You can't lay hands on me. I know you was in the club last weekend. He said, but in the other country, they don't care. He said, there's so many people that what we have to do is just say, everybody... Lay hands on everybody. He said, and and that camaraderie and that unity is what brings out the miracles. When the brothers say, I want my brother to be healed, I want you to see again, I want you to have a miracle, I want you to win the lottery, I want you to have a successful business, I want you to get married to a good man, a good woman have beautiful children. When I see your post on Facebook, I rejoice with you. I don't snark at you. When you win, I win. When you lose, I lose. When you feel great, I feel great. And when you hurt, I hurt. That's what Judah says. That's what Judah says, what Judah does. When Judah speaks, he brings people together. When Judah speaks, he speaks up for the brotherhood. I posted this on my Instagram last week, but it's kind of what pushed me into this message. Last week, with my brothers from Iraq, I told my wife this a few years ago. We were on a, on a military base driving around there for a graduation. We're driving around, and she kind of noticed that I kind of got quiet just driving around that military base, just kind of taking it all in, you know? You know, a lot of things happened in that time of my life, and some of it I'm okay talking about, some of it I'm not okay talking about, but... It's kind of got quiet. And my wife looked at me and she said, do you miss it? And I said, no, I, I, I don't miss it. I don't miss the hurry up and wait, and the bureaucracy, and the mess, and just, you know, always going, always missing, you know, always missing stuff. And, you know, the military, you, you, you work 48 hours a day, you know, with, 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 with nothing in between. And I just said, no, I... I don't miss it. And I kind of rode around for a little bit longer. I said, I said, you know what? I'll take it back. I do miss something. I miss the brotherhood. That's what I miss. If you're in this room today and you're a military veteran and you served in combat in any form or fashion, would you just lift your hand? A few here. A few in the back. There's only a few people. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's. Brother canon it's hard to explain to people when you almost die with somebody, what that does to you. And I, I was with men last week, Brother Jawan, you, you can't tell this to people, you don't, people don't understand it. I was with men last week that I hadn't seen since 2005, since we demobed and we walked away from each other. And when I seen them, when I seen them, I cried. And I was happy that they were alive. I didn't even know that they were still alive. I, I embraced them and we, we, we it, it was like we never left each other. It was, like, it was like we never spent a minute away. We went straight to laughing, straight to talking. Man, how are you how's your family? We're so happy for you, man. I saw one of my buddies, Dan Frazier, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He got four kids. He's got a full head of hair. I don't even know where his hair came from. I've only seen him bald.
1: I said, What's up, Fabio?
0: Bruh. It's like, What are you using? I need to maybe change my product over, man. You know what I'm saying? He has four beautiful kids. I said, let me look at your kids. His beautiful wife, the wife that he had, she cheated on him in, a, in Iraq, and she's like, she cheated on all of us. And you can't explain that either. And I, I just I embraced them, and I cried, and I said, Dan, I'm so happy for you. Brotherhood, I rejoice with you, man. And we laughed all night long, and we told stories, and I was reminded of stuff. Honestly, I was reminded of things that I tried to forget. And there were a few stories I was like, guys, I'm cool never telling this story again. Like, I'm cool. But it was so awesome. I text them, and some of them, I I didn't have their numbers. I text them a couple days later, I just said, guys, you don't know what Sunday did for me. I needed it so bad. I didn't even know I needed it. I needed it so bad. I needed brothers. I, I told my wife, I said, You can't find that anywhere else in the world you can't find that anywhere else in the world and and I was reminded that day and this is a story that I don't tell very often but a couple of my buddies reminded me that I had a chance to come home early on in Iraq because of, because of some connections, I got a phone call and I was told I can go home. I was still in Kuwait, they came and got me, took me to a meeting, I said we got papers here from a senator, someone connected to someone in, in the United Pentecostal Church International and you're gone, you're, you're home. We got, you just signed the paperwork, you can go, you can go home. We had not went into Iraq yet and, uh, and I struggle telling this story because I, I don't want anybody to think anything about me, I just, because, I just don't want you to think anything, I'm not telling it for any other reason, but I was reminded this weekend, I told the lieutenant from the Big Red One, I said, I said, do you mind if I don't sign this right now, and I go call my wife? And uh, he said, yeah, that's cool. So I went and stood in line, and I finally got to a telephone, and I called Amanda, and uh, Amanda was crying. She answered the phone crying, and she said, I know why you're calling me, and uh, <clears throat> Courtney was six months old, and uh, I knew I was gonna miss the whole first year of her life, and I said, I said, so you, you you got the news that the senator signed the paper, she said, yeah. I said, babe, I, I don't know if I could come home, and uh, that beautiful woman right there. She uh, she said, I don't want you to come home. She said, It's so hard for me. She said, but I think you need to stay. I just told her, Thank you. Thank you. Because I already made up my mind I wasn't leaving. I couldn't leave my brothers. I could not leave my brothers. We have been through training, we've been through everything. I just didn't know if I could look myself in the face in the mirror for the rest of my life knowing that I left them. And me and my wife made a decision together that I would stay. I went back to the big red one. I walked back in the tent I said, hey, I'm I'm not going to sign that paperwork. And he asked me uh, with a few choice words, what was I thinking? He said, this is a letter from a senator. I said, I really don't care who it's from, sir. I cannot leave. I went back to my unit. My colonel met me because I was part of his detail. He, he met me. He said, hey, uh, so when are you leaving? I said, sir, I need two things from me. first thing I need is, is I need you to know that I'm not leaving. I, I can't leave the guys. I can't leave the guys. I said, and number two, I need you to promise me. I need you to promise me right here as a man to a man that you will never tell, that you will never tell these men. That I can go home because I knew those guys they would have knocked me in the head and they would have put me on a plane They they knew I had just had a baby and they loved me dearly and those dudes would have beat me down and put me on a plane and made me go home and They they never knew we were leaving iraq. we were we were leaving they came to the colonel We were getting on the plane. I was gonna be home for christmas. Amanda remembers this I was gonna be home for christmas We're getting on the plane. They came to the colonel. They said hey we just found a, a stash of weapons, and uh, we need you right now. And the colonel said, all right, guys, you guys go ahead. I'll stay behind. And, I, and we all said, mm we're not leaving you. We, we came together, we're leaving together. So we all got off the plane. <laughs> we all did not know we are gonna go home. We all got off the plane. And we stayed with the colonel until that whole mess was fixed. And uh, we, we did miss Christmas uh, with the family, but we got to eat Christmas dinner in, uh, the um, officer's mess. And I don't know if you've ever eaten in the officer's mess, but it was really nice. It had like sculptures of, of uh, you know, animals and ice sculptures. Like, I was like, where was this for the last year? Like we didn't, had like prime rib and steak. And we were eating with the colonel, and it was really awesome. We were all missing home, but, you know, it, th- this was better than what we had been in. We're all sitting around. And the colonel said, colonel said, I want to say something. And so we all got quiet. He said, I want to thank you guys for protecting me this year. We've been through a lot together. Seen a lot of stuff, and and we're we're here, we're alive. He said, but I want to just tell everybody here that the only person that be here is Chavis. And I had forgot about it. I really had. I forgot that all that had happened. I did totally left my mind. And I, I thought, what is he talking about? And he said, Chavis... Got orders to go home while we were in San City in Kuwait, and he didn't. He said, "I want all you men to know that Chavis is the only one that's here that didn't have to be here." And a couple of men in my, they reminded me of this this past weekend. They began to cry, and they said, I "Man, I don't know if we could have done it without you." and they hugged me and we we all kind of cried together it kind of all hit us at the same time that we had survived it kind of all hit us at the same time that we made it out that we were go- we were actually going home we were in a safe zone no bombs dropping we're going to sleep good tonight no, nobody's going to bomb us tonight probably and we those men reminded me again they said thank you because out of all of us here you're the only one that didn't have to be there you could have went home and I, I thought about that Sunday night, late. I was by myself back in my hotel room. I thought, you know, kind of pushed me into this message. What, what, what would the church look like? What, what would Truth Chapel look like if, if there was true brotherhood? not not just you worried about your stuff and and your thing, and not just you worried about how you feel and what you got going on, but actually stopping for a minute and looking around and trying to serve one another in a way that creates brotherhood. I know that that military version of brotherhood is a very unique thing. But you know what? There's people in this room today. There's people sitting in this room right now. I've, I've been with you through some really hard stuff. And I feel connected to you. I feel connected. I feel that brotherhood with you. That when I see you and you see me, we know what we've been through. We know the hell that we've walked through. We know the loss that we've walked through. We know what went on behind the scenes. We know what happened. And we know that we both can see that we're still here. You, you made it. And I'm, I'm, I'm as surprised as you are that we made it. When I look at this building and I look at what God has done at Truth Chapel and many of you sitting in this room have been with us from the very early on, do you realize what we've been through? What we fought to get here? And here we are. And, And I don't wanna sit back at ease in Zion and say, man, look at us. But like, will you go with me to the next thing? Will you will you fight with me to the next thing? Will you let Judah speak and say, hey, that's my brother, and I'm I'm, I'm going with him? Will you let Judah speak and say, hey, when nobody's watching, you're safe with me. When nobody's watching, when nobody knows, when 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 nobody's gonna know, when when you're not gonna get the accolades, and and when you literally, when nobody knows that you could go home, will, will you stay? When when, when nobody is around, is your brother safe with you? And when your brother is getting five times more than you get, can you drink and be merry with him? I'm happy with you. And when your brother's in trouble, where are you? Where you at? When your brother's in trouble, where you at? Where you at? Are you there? Will you say, hey, wait a minute, let me step in, let me help Wait a minute, I'm not going to let you go quietly into the night. There's some people that hadn't been to this church in over a year, year and a half. I've called them, I've texted them, but they expect that. That's me. Have you called them? Do you have their number? Do you know where they're at today? Would you call them today before the sun goes down and say, hey, man, I miss you. I love you. They hear that, but they hear it from the people that they expect to hear it from. But it's a lot different when a brother calls you and says, hey, man, you don't owe me nothing. And I don't owe you anything. But, I, but I'm not going to lay my head down tonight and sleep one week until I know that you're good. You're okay. Are you good? Are you okay? You need something? Let's go get coffee. Let's go hang out. There's a, there's a brotherhood. There's a connection that can happen in a church, and it, it'll happen in a, in a way that God can no longer contain himself, and he'll just say, and show us his face. We can pray, and we're going to pray. We can fast, and we're going to fast. You hear me, Truth Chapel? We're going to have revival. There's no doubt in my mind we're going to have revival. God's already told me in 2022, get ready for 2020. We're going to have revival. And I'm not going to wait till 2022. What I'm telling you is this year coming, we're going to have revival. There's going to be people getting the Holy Ghost. Th- those waters are going to be troubled more than you can shake a stick. It's going to happen. But, but can I ask you this? We've been through a lot together. Where's Judah at? Where's Judah at? Where's Judah that'll say, no, take me instead? No, he's fine with me. Where's Judah that will eat, drink, and be merry in the middle of your victory, in the middle of your celebration, in the middle of your favor? Because until that happens, we can pray and we can fast. We can do all that stuff we want to. Other churches have done it. And, and they've seen revival, and they've seen it at a limitation and an order. But I'm talking about people getting out of wheelchairs. I'm talking about blinded eyes being open. I'm talking about drug addicts coming off drugs in one service. I'm talking about family being put back. I'm not talking about just we had good church. I'm talking about no. We had good church, and we're not leaving. We're coming back tonight, and we're having church Monday night and Tuesday night, and we don't even know when we're going to stop this revival, but it's just happening one day after the next. Anybody ready for that kind of revival? Let me tell you when that kind of revival happens. When I can say to you, hey, I'm
1: sorry. When you can say to me, hey, I'm sorry. When I can come to you and say, hey, listen, let Judah speak in this church. When Joseph takes his mask off, it's only
0: when he knows that the brothers are safe. Remain standing. I'm sorry I went so long today, but I got to follow what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I gotta follow what I feel in the Holy Ghost, please I apologize, you know I'm not a lone preacher. But I gotta follow in the Holy Ghost. Because we can do all the things, we can do all the things, and whatever those things are, there's a whole list of them, we can do all those things, but Jesus said, by this shall they know that you're mine. By this shall they, not because of how much you prayed, not because of how much you fasted. He said, by this they shall know that you're mine. Not because of how good you look. Not because of your suit and tie. Not because of how good your music was. Not, not, and not because of how you kept the standard. He said, they shall know that you're my disciples when they see how much you love one another. And there is a world outside these walls that are looking for a church. They're looking for a church where they fit in. They're looking for a church that loves them. They're looking for a church where people that'll come around and pray for them. They're looking for a church that'll shake their hand and say, hey, my name is, what is your name? And we're so busy trying to keep up tradition that we're missing the mission. And God said... God told me to tell you that if we, if he can trust us with our brothers, he'll reveal himself to us. He'll take off the mask and he'll say, here I am. And in the light shining of his face, we will see miracles, signs and wonders like we've never seen them before. There will be a revival breakout that even we can't contain. This building can't contain. This city can't contain. There will be a revival within the kingdom of God that will spread like a wildfire.
1: Unity is the key.
0: If praying could do it, we'd have it. If fasting can do it, I mean, just agree with me for a moment. If if fasting can do it, we'd have it. If reading the Bible could do it, we'd have it. We'd have it, guys, because we want to push all the buttons and we hope the door opens. But God said, I need unity. I need a church that will pray fast, have good church, but love one another. Like truly love one another, not just smile at each other and wave and have a good day, but truly care, truly care. Re- celebrate with people that are winning. You want to find somebody in this building. You want to find somebody in this building that has a small business and you want to hire them and pay them full price. You want to find somebody in this church that just bought a house or bought a car or had a kid or whatever and you want to say, man, I'm thankful. I'm so grateful for you. I celebrate you. This is awesome. I want to celebrate with you. We're so good at sharing our losses. You know why? Because we're terrified to share our victories because we're going to think people think we're bragging. Just go ahead and say amen right there. We're we're terrified to tell people we're winning because we're afraid that people are going to think that we're full of ourselves. That's because Judah's not allowed to speak anymore. But when you get five times as much as me, when I can drink and be merry with you, God says, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been waiting on. A church that has the right message a church that has the right prayer life, a church that has all that stuff together, but they actually love each other. What an anomaly. (laughs) Wow. He said, I'll show up at that place. I'll do something there that I won't do across town. I'll do something there that I'm not doing anywhere else in the kingdom of God. And so today, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. The Bible said that if any man would come to the altar with a gift and realizing that a brother has ought against him, that he would leave his gift, he would go to his brother. That's the word. And and I understand that. But we're going to do something else today. We're going to do the step before that step. there's a step before that step. Because every time I come to the altar, I don't bring a gift. Like sometimes I come to the altar. The first time I come to the altar is the altar of repentance. And so today what I want us to do, if you feel to go to somebody in this room, do that. But, but, but what I want you to do first, what I want you to do first is I want you to repent first. I want you to come to this altar or kneel at your pew or do it however you want to do it. It's up to you, between you and God. And I want you to repent of your own issues. You see, most of the problems that I have with people ain't got nothing to do with them. It's got everything to do with me. It's how I feel. It's what I think they said, how I think they feel, how I feel about it. It's, it's really me. I, I'm the biggest part of the problem. I'm not saying that other people aren't. We know that there's people who are a problem, amen and amen, let's leave it at that. But really, if we do the math, the majority of the problem lies within me. And so I'm gonna get me fixed first. I'm gonna say, God, forgive me for holding on to stuff that I shouldn't be holding on to. God, God forgive me for, for not celebrating people who are winning God God forgive me for not caring for people who are hurting forgive me of judging people unjustly because of what little information I think I have amen I need God to get me right so that I can go to my brother and say hey man my bad my bad that's on me that's on me when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, his brothers were afraid. They were afraid that he was going to retaliate and kill them all. But Joseph said, no, 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 no. You didn't do this to me.
1: God allowed
0: you to do this to me. Because God had a plan for your salvation. And that's how we should all receive it. No, 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 no. I know, I know you're sorry and I know you hurt me. But you know what? God allowed that. God allowed that to happen because he knew he needed something to come out of me. He needed to develop something in me. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer of
1: faith that I hope would release you.
0: I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.